All right. Jingle all the way. You know, we've had a pretty mild winter so far. I mean, outside of a couple nights of cold. But I, don't, I like snow. Anybody else like snow? I do like snow. My wife loves snow, although she never has to shovel it. I just wish it would snow like 10 feet. <laughs> she does not have to snow. <laughs> I don't even have a snowblower. My, both my boys moved out of the house, so... <laughs> I got to do it all myself, but I like, I like work. I like shoveling. I, I'm not real fond of raking leaves, though. That's probably my biggest thing, but anyway, we want to welcome you to TLC today. We've been talking about Ghosts of Christmas Past, but, uh, and we've talked about all kinds of things. Today, we're going to talk about labels, and I just want to, you know, and I'm getting this out. I got this out first service, so if you look online and you say, oh, pastor's house is for sale. Yes, it is. It is for sale. But I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, we just love the country, and we're moving back to the country. And uh, so we're believing God for the sale of our house. And so if you want to find out which house that is, and you can post it or know somebody that would like it, hey, I just did a self my plug. There you go. But uh, you still get to keep me. I'm not going anywhere. So that's my Christmas present to you. <laughs> I just, I mean, we've loved the country. The Lord, when we bought this building, uh, he had told us to sell it, and we have the wonderful people that bought it go to our church. So I just love the Malones. And, and if for no reason selling that so they would buy that house, they just love that house. And we spent 12 years there. Um, and we just love the country. And so we moved in town. We were obedient did that. And love, love the convenience of town. I do love that. And you can get pizza delivery really easy in town. And uh, two miles away from Myers where Maddie works, that's awesome. And uh, that's, but I still, you know, my heart, I love... Uh, I feel like the Green Acre song, goodbye city life, you know, I want to live, I want to walk out my door and go deer hunting and all that stuff, so that will happen in the near future, so that's why, so just to, just get that out so everybody's like, I saw your house for sale, yeah, it's all good, wasn't for sale till now, because now's the time, so that's why we did it, it's all good, we, we just love the church, I'm excited about what's happening at church, church is growing and things are happening, people are excited, people are getting saved and healed and set free, so we're going to talk about labels today, we've been talking about all these things that have haunted us from our, from our past, and so today we're talking about labels, everybody in here has probably had some kind of insecurity at one time or another, we've all had stuff we deal with or we have dealt with or whatever, we want to get those things off. And look what the Lord is already doing. We didn't do what we just did in first service. So some, see, we have some people that will be like, we should have spent more time at the altar. You know what? If I felt to spend more time at the altar, we would have. But I believe that God just did what he needed to do. Because we, you guys came up here in faith. You came up here. I mean, I know I've been where you've been. And like I said, there's people in here that probably would have said, I should have went up. But, you know, the cool thing about God is God can take care of you right where you sit. But we have to grab onto what we do. Because in the past, if you remember, we attach our do or, you know, with our who. So we, our identity, we attach with the things we've done. If we've done it wrong, then we say, I'm a bad person because I did wrong. It's not just that we're sorry, we're guilty, sorry, we're condemned. We, we grab onto that. Let's welcome our online campus. God bless you guys. It's good to have you with us. If you're a guest today, because I forgot last week, if you're a guest today, we do have a free t-shirt for you. If you take your connection card, take it to the guest kiosk, they're just going to give you a free t-shirt. Hopefully, we still have your size, and after the first year, we'll probably get another load of those. But uh, we, there's plenty of shirts out there, I believe. So that's there for you, and it just says, live life on purpose. So um, 
how many would understand that the enemy wants to hinder you this time of year, and that's why we're doing this Ghost of Christmas past thing, because we start thinking of all the... You, maybe we've lost a loved one, or we've had this, or this, or this, or whatever. We, we can't celebrate like so-and-so. And so we have these issues. I want to talk about the power of words. How many know words can be very powerful? You can speak life. You can speak good words. You can speak bad words. And they have an effect. Someone stated once that saying words without wisdom is like squeezing the toothpaste out of a toothpaste tube and then trying to put it back in. It's just, you, you just can't. So then you got to deal with what was said. And I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. Have you ever said something just, you just, oh, and you said something and thought, probably shouldn't have said that. And then you got to deal with that. So then you got to, you know, figure out how to make amends when all that stuff. Proverbs says this. It says, if we're talking without using our mind or, you know, not using wisdom or not thinking about it, it calls them foolish. Because words have the power to create, have the power to heal, have the power to motivate, shape. Those kind of wonderful things. And on the negative side, they have the power to hurt, to wound, to discourage, to destroy. <clears throat> We've all grown up with this saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names or words will never hurt me. I probably said that as I was a kid. You know, we'd taunt it back and forth. But how many knows that words do that? They hurt you. And we've latched on to some of that. Sometimes if we... Just say things and we don't think, we might think, well, you know what, they know my heart. I get it, but they didn't hear your heart, they heard your words. And so sometimes we just are, that's just plain stupid. So we need to, to start saying, okay, I can be better than that. And I mean, I don't have it all down. I'm constantly working on myself, so don't think I'm trying to point fingers, I'm not. This is what Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. If you hear something over and over again, Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. If you hear something positive over and over again, you tend to start to believe it. We just hear it over and over again. If you hear good things over and over again, you start thinking, okay, I, I understand that. If you hear bad things over and over again, it has that same effect. Now, my wife and I have spent our lives doing life together. We've been married 35 years in June, and she's amazing. She was on the keyboard, if you didn't know. Uh, that's her. She's right down there. Um, so, I mean, but we, you know, when we decided, okay, let's have, let's have a family, let's have children. Maybe there's dads in the building that did this. I told my kids stories while they were in the womb. You might say, that's nuts. Okay, so I'm nuts. What's new? But... <laughs> I mean, literally, I would, I would sit there and tell them stories. Now, I don't know what that sounded like to a kid inside uh, a mom's tummy. It might be... But when they came out of the womb, if I would speak in the room, they would be like, where? That's, I know that voice. She would play music to her stomach. You might say, that's nuts. Call it what you want. But listen, we were beginning to understand words are important. And what you speak and what you say. I told them stories every day of their life until they finally said, I guess that when they were old enough to try to end all my stories for me. No, Dad, that's not how it happened. He did this. Okay, and I get halfway. No, 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 do this. And then, uh, so, anyway, every night before they go to bed, I told my boys 
stories, and they, I created up a whole adventure, and they were the lightning boys, and, and the girls were the thunder girls, and there was this whole adventure going on, and how they you know, fought for the things of God. And if Maddie was in the room, I, you know, when she's the last one in the house. I told her all kinds of stories, and hers always started like this. Now, they were always about Davy Crockett. Again, now you understand why I want the country, but I would tell her, I'd say, Maddie, you know, Davy could shoot the flea off a dog's tail at, and she'd go, 100 yards. And I'd say the name of his gun was Old Betsy, she'd say. And I'd go into the story how her and Davy did these great exploits of God, and they fought against lions and mountain lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. We'd do all kinds of things, and we told all these stories, and they were all about God's goodness. Now, Brett, why? The reason I'm building, I'm building something in my children Number one, relationship with me and them, but godly things, things that they heard and they could imagine. Kids' imaginations are incredible. This is a great time of year for imaginations. I mean, kids just, they envision all kinds of things. And my wife would do this and every day. And I'm not just saying, I'm just saying, sick or not, she would do this. And if she was gone at a convention or doing something somewhere else, you know, speaking or whatever she would be doing, I would do it for her in her stead, and it was never good enough. Because she would grab their, well, not grab their backs, scratch their backs. Right before bedtime, and she would say Psalm 92, 12 through 15. Now, we did the New King James Version at the time. I have the New Living Translation that you'll see right up here. But it's, you know, she would just say, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. They shall grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and my salvation. There's no unrighteousness in him. She would tell them that every night. And then she would say, she'd grab, she'd hold their little face, and she'd say, God's got great plans for you. Don't miss it. Words. Labels. What if she would have changed that? What if she would have said, you're pathetic. You're a loser. You'll never amount to anything. You know, we all could probably name people in the room that probably were told stuff. You'll be just like your father. You won't amount to anything. Blah, blah, blah. And they've lived up to that. Those aren't great things. But yet words shape us. I believe our kids are doing great things and will continue to do them and even greater things because of the investment that we continue to put in our children. Now, there's a reason why I shared our house in the beginning, because I feel I'm supposed to, this is why I'm going. When we decided to do this whole house thing, they knew when we sold the house before. They knew when we were going to sell this house now. When we bought this house, we told them what the Lord had told us. We were to move into another house, and this is the one for a season. How long that season will be, I don't know. So then when it was time for that to, to stop, we called all of them in. Now listen, here's the reason. Because they count. Now obviously it's our life. We have to do what the Lord wants us to do. But I want to share my heart with them. And why is their heart open to what we share? Is because for all of their life, we have been able to speak into it. And I believe that today and the rest of today and the rest of the years will be great because of the things, especially their mom, has put into their life by just speaking life to them. You're going to do great things for God. Don't miss it. They could close their eyes and hear her say that. 
And when she would be gone, I'd rub their back and say it, and they would say stuff like, Mommy, Mommy doesn't rub it like that. Mom doesn't say it like that. She says it like this. Okay. Many of us struggle with our present because of labels we've picked up in our past. There's people here today that are like, I'm not who I used to be, but nobody will believe me. Because all they know is this. They don't see this. And that's what the world is looking for. They are looking for fruit, evidence. You can tell, you know, and we all know it. People can say one thing. Talk is cheap. Hey, the whistle on the train. There's people that, woo-hoo, I'm great, woo-hoo. Whistle just makes noise. It doesn't pull the train anywhere. We need an engine. We need something that will show results. Maybe you did something years ago and you still have guilt over that. You own a mistake and you connect your who with your do. God wants to free you today from that if he hasn't done it already this morning. Maybe you've overheard something. Anybody here ever overhear anything? You've been somewhere and you're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have heard that. And then we start believing something. And I, I said this first service, I'm going to say it again. Just because you watch CNN or Fox, do you know that everything on the news is not correct? Just saying. I'm not saying that it's all bad. I'm just saying it's news. Maybe you've owned the label in the past. You're lazy. You're just average. You're insecure. You're hot-headed. You're redneck. You're overly sensitive, you're annoying, you're pathetic. You've always had bad relationships. Maybe you say, you know, it's not my, fa- my fault that I'm this way, it's my family's fault. They're dysfunctional. They created me. We got to get past blaming and start saying, okay, God. I mean, you might have had stuff that's just screwed up that's happened to you. Okay, I get it. Still got to look in the mirror. You can't change stuff that's happened to you. But what you can change is how you're going to go from here. I'm going to get just a little bit deeper. Brett, I've been living this way my whole life. I was told this my whole life. Could I say that sometimes in, in labels, there may be some truth in those? And that's why they hurt so bad. I don't mean that they have to stay that way. And that doesn't mean that that's necessarily bad, depending on what the label is. But here's hope. We have to choose what we give life to. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're going to speak to the right thing today. We're going to starve the wrong thing. Here's our first thought. What's true about you now doesn't have to be true about you later. Maybe you are that now, but you're here for a reason. Doesn't mean that you'll stay that. You can be something else. What does God say that you need to be? What do you want to be? Do you have any dreams? Brett, I don't have any dreams left. Today is the day to dream again. This season, this Christmas, give the gift 
that God has for you, the gift of love. How many knows that God's power is bigger than your past? No matter what you've done, you don't even know. I don't have to know. I just know his power is bigger than that. His grace is stronger than any label that has ever been put on you, including the ones you've put on yourself. You've just believed you can't do it. You just believed you'll always be this. You just believe I'll be busted and disgusted. You just believe, you gotta quit it because it's a new day. If you've been eternalizing or embracing a negative label from yourself or from someone else for years, I'm gonna ask you to name it something different. I'm gonna ask you to do a label change today. I'm going to tell you a story in the Old Testament in Genesis 35. Jacob, this is a story of Jacob. Now, Jacob saw Rachel, and Rachel is, you know, when he saw this, this is what Jacob says. I'm going to paraphrase it and put it in the book of Brett, okay? He says, have mercy. Now, that being said, <laughs> I used to manage a fitness center, was a competitive bodybuilder, did all that stuff, came back to town, Used to work at Ponderosa, and they said, hey, we need another day cook. I got wind of that. I went to Ponderosa because I needed a job because I needed to eat. And I went in, talked to the manager, and who happened to be PK's aunt. Of course, I didn't know that. And she's like, I hear that you have cooked here before. You were a head cook here before. We really need a head cook. Tell me what you can do, blah, 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 blah. And here comes Kim. To this day, I can remember what she had on. She had on a brown dress. Of course, it was a Ponderosa uniform. She had on a headbandy thing. And she was carrying this, this tray of steaks. Now, if you're a man, I mean, you got, there's a beautiful woman and she's got steak. Life is good. <laughs> she walked by and I was, I might as well have said, have mercy. I'm like, who is that girl? And, and I didn't know that was her aunt. And so she looks over at me, and she goes, she's taken. You keep away from her. I said, okay. So I just bid my time. I just did what I was supposed to do. I was a gentleman. I did everything. And she was seeing some other guy who will remain nameless. But I won. That's all I'm saying. So anyway... But that's kind of Jacob's response. He sees Rachel and he's like, Woo-hoo! yes. And he goes to Papa and he says, love that girl. I want, I, want, I want your daughter. And he says, work for me seven years and she's yours. Now, Jacob is so taken by the beauty of Kim. I mean, Rachel. She's just looking at me. Um, and he, this is what he said. He has no questions. He just says, done. Okay. I'm like, yes, I'll do it. Seven years go by, and he comes and he says, okay. And the dad does the old switcheroo. Now, when the Bible describes Rachel, it says she has a lovely figure. She's beautiful. She had a sister. Her name was Leah. And it describes Leah in just kind of a small phrase. She had weak eyes. That's, that's what the Bible says. That's almost like you're, you have... A, anybody ever have a blind date? And somebody... Is she pretty? She's got a great smile. Or if you girls... Is he handsome? He's real nice. 
That's almost as bad as, I love you like a brother. No guy wants to hear that. <laughs> but anyway, so the dad does the switcheroo, and he goes, no, I, I don't want Leah. I want Rachel. And so the dad goes, give me another seven years, and you can have her. Fourteen years, Jacob is wanting a family, and he works to get this girl. They want a family. They can't seem to have kids. And then they finally, they're, they're able to have kids. You know, and I mean, can you imagine first in the first seven years, he wants hot tamale and he gets weak eyes. So then he goes on another seven years. They get all that, you know, uh, but they start having kids. Genesis 35, 16 and 18. We'll pick it up there. Now, you got to remember, back in this day, they didn't have stuff like we have now. There, there weren't like doctors and nurses running around and, hey, we need this piece of equipment. We need this. There were no emergency C-sections as we know them today. So she's having issues. We are, if there are dudes in the house, and there are, we have no idea, you know, on behalf of the ladies, we have no idea what it's like to have a baby. We do not. We can say, you know, just push through it. You know, Kim and I, I mean, we're, I'm, I'm entertainment for heaven. She's having a baby. Well, we're having a baby, but she's having a baby. I'm supposed to be counting the times for her contraction thing, and there's a monitor. But they got a TV right there. Stupid place to put a TV. If you're a guy, there's a great cartoon on. <laughs> I'm in the middle of counting. You got this baby. She's like, points up at the girl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because we're just men. We have no idea what the women go through. So she's having trouble. Let's pick this up in, in 35, 16, 18. Leaving Bethel, Jacob and his clan moved toward Ephrath. But Rachel went into labor while they were still some distance away. Her labor pains were intense. After a very hard delivery, the midwife finally exclaimed, Don't be afraid. You have another son. Rachel was about to die, but with, now listen to this, with her last breath, she named her baby Ben-Onai, which means son of my sorrow. The baby's father, however, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. Her dying breath, she names her son one thing, and the father says, no, we're naming him something else. Names are important. Names mean something. Every one of our children, my wife, looked and studied the name. They all have a biblical reason and a name she, you know. Uh, I'll give you a quick story. We've, we, we knew somebody that had a, well, I don't know them very well, but they had a big dog. And the dog just ran crazy. Havoc. Ran around the yard just like, you know, whoo, like somebody, like when you're a kid watching Shere Khan and that, that uh, branch is on fire tied to his tail. This dog's running nuts. And we have little dogs right now. I mean, I have a, I have a yellow lab. But I don't have him with me now because I moved into the city. When I get out of the country, I get my dog back. So that's cool. But we have little, Kim's little dog is two and a half pounds of sheer terror. You'd think this dog thinks that she is a lion. She, she is like the abominable snowman on Rudolph. She fell, broke her jaw, they took all her teeth out. She can't hurt you even if she wanted to. She just makes a lot of noise. But she's cute as a button. And then Maddie has another Yorkie, and he's a little bigger. This dog could eat them in like two bites, and it's running nuts, and, and, you know, and it runs over at me, and I'm like, ooh, I don't know. It was kind of like a pit bull 
bigger mix. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I probably look like, hey, there's a T-bone steak. I'm going to eat that. And so I'm ready to like, do I need to kick the dog? What's going to, you know, don't give me letters. I thought the dog was going to eat me. And so the owner yells at him and he stops and he's just looking at me and he goes, he grabs his collar, takes him back to his yard and he said, I'm sorry. He said, he runs crazy. I said, what's his name? You know what he said? Chaos. <laughs> I think that stands for eat your neighbor. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, he just runs crazy. That's why we named him Chaos. Okay. Names are important. True story. Another guy, he's in a restaurant. The name tag says, just like it would read, waitress. Spelled that way. And he goes, excuse me, waitress? And she goes, um, it's Watrice. Because people get real creative now. There's another name that was, was this. Now, if you're in here and you're named this, this is totally coincidental. That's a good point to laugh. Ha <laughs> ha, good, you make me feel better. La, L-A, little hyphen there, A. So I don't know if you go, I, is that La, hey, La, no, it's La Dasha. I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's like, I would never think of that. You see, names do mean something. People are being like, we named our kids Bible names. Here's Goliath and here's Judas. Do you not know those are the bad guys? <laughs> Judas, come here. Never can trust him. I don't know. He always wants to kiss me on the cheek. <laughs> Uh, Genesis. <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> anyway, she names her son "Son of My Sorrow." Let me. Let's just let's think about that. Why would she do that? Here's why: she knows she's dying. She names him "Son of My Sorrow" because she's not going to watch him grow up. She's not going to get to feed him. She's not going to get to tell him and talk to him and play with him. So there's a lot of sorrow. Her heart is extremely heavy. So her last breath, she names with a heavy heart. But there's somebody else in this picture. For 14 years, now you have Jacob who's like, I've been waiting on this family. And he hears this. And he says, no. Let me tell you why. What could be true in this moment won't be true forever. I'm going to say it one more time. What would be true in this moment, maybe that's where you are right now. That's the label you have put on yours. But it doesn't have to be that way forever. What's in front of you can go away. The Bible talks in Mark, we can say to this mountain, be removed. Do you believe it? So depending on what we base our faith on, if you've been given something or grabbed a label that wasn't godly, let the Father name you something that's worthy. Because that's how he sees you. So when the enemy calls you something, you have the authority, if you're a believer, to name it something different. You just have to enforce it. So my question would be, if you've been walking all this time feeling, you know, poor, poor, pitiful me, or Charlie Brown mindset, why is everybody always picking on me, I got a rock, or whatever, you're going to have to change that, because let me just say, people really don't come to pity parties much. And after a while, if they do come, they're ready to leave. 
I'm not saying what's happened to you is fair. Maybe you put it on yourself. Maybe somebody else did. Maybe a little of both. But what I'm saying is look in the mirror. Where do you go from here? Because you're going to have to let God carry you and pick you up through this. But you're going to have to believe that he sees you differently. Take the authority he's given you. Now, Jacob had some experience naming things. He, he wrestled with an angel. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he wrestles with an angel. And he says, I'm not leaving until you bless me. And God says, your name was Jacob, which means deceiver. Now I'm going to call you Israel, which means my God prevails. And that spot where that happened, he names that spot, and it's still named that to, to today. It was called Peniel. Means face of God. There's a lot of things in all of our past we could say, man, if I could just go back and do it different. How many would like to be Bill Murray in Groundhog Day and go, I want to live that day over again. I'd like to do it over again. And if I mess up, <laughs> you know, or Evan Almighty, it's 614, you know, Genesis 6:4, whatever. Go back and redo it. I'd like a redo, God. This is your chance. The great thing about Jesus is his blood washes away your sin. And you can, in a sense, the only thing that's remembering your label is the enemy in you. If it's a bad label, when you were a kid and you got a boo-boo, See, that's kid talk. Sorry. Now I've got grandkids, so I'm thinking. But, and, and people would say, did you hurt yourself? And you'd say, you pull the Band-Aid off and show them, and you put the Band-Aid back on. You do that once or twice, pretty soon the Band-Aid doesn't want to stick. Because it loses its adhesiveness. Let me just say, God wants to take the, quit he wants to uncover your old label and heal it. And he doesn't, you don't have to try to stick it back on because God says, I'm going to make you new. I'm going to start over with you. I'm, it's going to be all right. If you've had the authority and you haven't enforced it, start asking yourself why. In Romans, it says we can call things that are not as though they are. So here's our next thought. You don't always get to choose what comes into your life. But you do get to choose what to call it. You can't always choose what happens to you. You can't, I mean, it's, maybe it isn't your fault. So-and-so did this, so-and-so left, so whatever. You can't, you didn't choose that. But you can call it perspective. Turn to your neighbor and say perspective. Life is in your mouth. How you view it. What does God's word say about your situation? Change your viewpoint to match his. What does he say in his book? How does he say it? That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it the way my father says it. His power is bigger than your past. What's true about you now, if it's bad, doesn't have to be true about you in the future. It can be changed. That label can be broken. We've all lived with the what ifs. We've all, you know, what if this, what if that, and we spend our life looking over our shoulder. My friends, that's why in your car there's a review mirror that's this big. And your windshield is this big. Let's look ahead. 
I can't do anything about what's behind me. But I can, I can view different what's ahead of me. I can give that to God and I can change my viewpoint and change my label to make this work. So many times God takes somebody out of something and the people that are involved in that, they see, wow, there's hope. And that person then is able to show evidence. I'm free. It's, it's, it's amazing how God does that. He'll take people out of a country and they'll find freedom in the Lord. And he'll send them back into the very place where they were before. And people are like, oh my. He'll take people that have been crippled for 38 years or whatever. Make them walk. Help them, and, and they'll run around where people are like, I know that person. They, they were crippled or they were blind their whole life and now they can see. You cannot argue with fruit. That's what the world's looking for. Show me fruit. You know, go back to the train reference. Don't, don't just tell me, show me. Because people want to see answers. What the enemy meant for harm, God could turn for good and that's the great thing about God. Here's our last thought for this morning. Keep looking ahead and take God's viewpoint. Look at your future as being bright. Start looking at the glasses half full instead of half empty. Instead of saying, I have nothing. You have more than you know. Be thankful for what you do have. Find something to be thankful for. Have an attitude of gratitude. You know, I, I spent some time this last weekend with our headship, Pastor Gary and there's so many times you have to walk by faith. And let me just, you know, make this really clear. It's not always easy. That's why it takes faith. But Brad, I want to see it. In the world, seeing is believing. In the kingdom, believing is seeing. So you're going to have to see things before you see them. That happen. In other words, I'm seeing them in my spirit not in my normal vision, in my physical eyesight. How do you see yourself? Have you always saw yourself this way? Today we want to change that. We want to peel off that label and say, God, I want to finally see myself this way. Brett, I'm lonely. I have no friends. See yourself surrounded by friends. Brett, I, I'm, so, I'm so heavy. I'm overweight. See yourself skinny. Brett, I'm, I'm so addicted to this. See yourself completely free of that. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. See everybody loving you. Doing the things that God wants. I don't feel good about myself. See yourself feeling great about yourself. How do you see yourself? Now, I'm not here to be, you know, like some guru to be the, I'm a self-help expert. I'm just telling you, this is very scriptural. I'm going to take God's view. What does God say? God says this. He says his promises are yes and amen. He says you're more than a conqueror. He says if you get me inside you, nothing can stop you. He says, huh. you see yourself sick? He says, no, don't see yourself sick. See yourself healed. Why? Because of the covenant and the stripes of Jesus. What Jesus did on the cross, because of that, I am heir to the kingdom. 
You know what heir means? I mean, that means the whole estate is mine. According to scripture, and we don't have time to go through it all, but the whole estate, when you accept Christ into your life, the whole estate is yours. If anything, and I'm not saying anything will, so I break that, so check it out, but if anything would happen to me, my last will and testament, everything would go to that beautiful lady in the front row and my children. Because that's my last will. Did you know that you're in his will? And there's so many things that we could enjoy that we don't. It's there. We don't see ourselves doing it. Because we've labored ourselves not worthy. But according to that book and what Jesus did on the cross, he made us worthy. That's amazing. Because I couldn't do it on my own. I can't work my way there. It's a gift. It's given to me by God, by salvation through Christ. Pastor Gary would say stuff like, well, you can just, he would say, walk it out. Sometimes we say, I, you know, I don't feel that. God, I, I want to do this. You tell me this. I, I don't feel it. Grow into it. My little grandson is. Uh, about four months old, but I mean, he's wearing, I mean, he's pushing almost year old clothes. I'm like, so, you know, we used to buy when we, when our kids were little, you'd buy them. How many have ever bought something and they only wear it once or twice and you've got to either hand it down to the next kid. If it was your first kid, you'd go buy new again. In the beginning, we had to have name brand everything. Oh, she looks so cute in those Nikes. Those are great. You get to the third kid, wear them. They're girls. Who cares? Wear them. No, we wouldn't do that to our kids. <laughs> Heck, my, my youngest son, half his life is growing up. He just had a diaper and boots on the wrong feet and a cowboy hat. I couldn't keep clothes on the boy. He just, you know, whoop, boots would be on. We'd take his boots off, put them on the right feet. He'd take them off and put them on the wrong. You know, I'm just, okay. But God sees you. He has blessings and benefits and and things that that are part of yours it's part of your inheritance to enjoy now who are you today what was named to you in the moment doesn't mean that has to be your name for the rest of your life if it's not a good name break the old label if you've been called insecure no i'm not i'm confident in christ if you be called sick no i'm not sick i'm healed by the blood of jesus you're poor. No, my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You're depressed. No, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You're afraid. No, God is on my side. I shall not fear. That's Psalm 118.6, one of my favorite scriptures. You're lazy. No, I'm motivated. I'm putting my hand to it. He's called me to do this. Now, here's something I say every day. You can write it down. You have to write kind of quick, or you can just look on the podcast when this comes out and write it. But this is a great uh, declaration. I say this every day. I'm a believer, not a doubter. The word works in me. Right now, I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I cast all my care over to him or over on him. From this moment forward, I refuse to worry. Instead, I will pray. I will use my faith and believe. He will exalt me over the problem and over the devil. For I belong to Jesus, and he cares for me. You see, your identity is fighting for something. Inside, you're fighting for something. Nobody likes in, in, in grade school, I, I remember, you know, hey, we're going we're gonna to play. We're picking up sides. Who likes to be picked last? Nobody. 
yeah, I'll take him, I'll take her, I'll take, you know, and they choose sides, and then, oh, we get, have you ever been that kid? You know, I was that kid, and we'd be playing football till they thought that I'd play football, and they're like, oh, we should have picked him. Sorry. But you don't have to stay what you've been labeled or what that situation might make you think. You'll grow into the Lord as you spend more time with him. You don't go by your feelings, you go by faith. What God says is true about me and the enemy is a liar. Say amen to that. The enemy can call you all kinds of things. Here's one thing God calls you, forgiven. Isn't that cool? You can say, oh, but God, I did this. But if you've actually applied the blood to that and you've repented, God says, I'm sorry, what? But I did, you remember what I did? No, that's under the blood. I, the Bible says it's as far as the east is from the west. He remembers it no more. So when that's brought up to you, that's just the enemy. Playing with you, playing on yourself. You are brand new, my friend. You are healed. You are loved. You are successful. You have a bunch of friends. You're well-liked. You're rich. You're smart. You're good-looking. Some of you need to just look in the mirror in the morning, get ready and say, you good looking thing, you. <laughs> the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, love this scripture. They overcame him, meaning the enemy, by the blood of the lamb, covenant, accepting Christ, and the word of their testimony. And get, get me a word. In other words, what are you dealing? What's the giant in front of you? What label are you fighting? You're this, you're that. According to that, what's that say? I'm changing my viewpoint to that. There's been times in my life, I'm telling you, there's just stuff that you have to fight for what's right sometimes. Come on. Because the enemy, the, the Bible says, you have to take it by force. Enemy doesn't just, enemy's not a puppy. He doesn't just roll over and you scratch his belly and he goes, and you find that spot. He doesn't do that. No, I'll tell you what the enemy is. Enemy's chaos. And the enemy's, he's coming. You're going to have to fight. You don't like what it is? Change it. Change the label. Tell the devil today, hey, you know what? There's a new sheriff in town. Be the rifleman. I'm putting you out. I've always lived here. Not today. Eviction notice. I don't see myself that way anymore. Brad, I don't feel that way. You'll grow into it. You'll walk it out by faith. You don't have to feel it. It's not about your feelings. Did you know it's a commitment when you get saved? It's not about, you will feel different. But I don't always feel saved, and I'm the pastor. Do you always feel saved? Hit your thumb with a hammer. Tell me how saved you feel. If there's anything that's ungodly, you'll probably find out right there. Oh, I still need work. So I'm just saying, let's fight this thing. Start saying, all right, you know what, God, I'm going to take your viewpoint. I'm going to do what you say. I am going to refuse to believe. 
I'm going to be transformed from the inside out. Maybe you're going through a tough season. I get it. I'm not trying to make light of it. But I'm telling you, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm telling you I can do all things through Christ. I'm telling you God goes before you. If God is with you, who can be against you? I'm telling you there's an answer. And it's bigger than you. And here's the thing. You can laugh at me. You can say I don't believe it. But I got proof. I got fruit. I've walked some stuff out. Am I there yet? No. But I'm on my way. Because I've learned too much. I've seen too much. I've seen God do too much. My spiritual roots are growing deeper every day. I'm transformed from the inside out. Isn't this cool? God's, he's microwaving you. It's, it's happening on the inside. And what happens on the inside, pretty soon it'll come on the outside. You know, if you've been spending your life at Christmas time looking like you've been eating oatmeal through a gas pipe, it's about to change. You might actually be something besides Ebenezer Scrooge. Just let God do it. You're not alone this Christmas. He's your strength. He's your shield. He's your comfort. He's your identity. You get your identity in Christ. The, the, the closer I draw to him, the closer he draws to me. It's perspective. When the enemy names you something, change the name. Name something else. Let me say this, and we're just about finished. You know what's the heart of God? You. You. All the stuff. No matter what you've been through, you are on his heart. The true riches of heaven isn't money. It's people. It's people like you that are worth it. Do you know if you were the only person here I don't care if you're at a halfway house. I don't care. If you were the only person alive, God would say, I'm sending him for you. Jesus will die for you because you're worth it. You are the true riches. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Old life is gone. New life has begun. Old label gone. I'll take what God calls me. Folks, this happens not by osmosis. It happens by belief. And it's going to take faith. They're going to play some music real quick, and we're going to close this service out. <clears throat> but, you know, my wife and I, and again, we've just done life together. Has it always been fun? No. You know, I've been an idiot at times. She still put up with me. But there's nobody that I, you know, that I love more. And my children, without mistake. This building were on fire, and someone w was to run in here and say, you know, Pastor, the building's on fire. And I was outside greeting people, let's say. Security wouldn't keep me out of this building. And you're like, Pastor's coming to get us. Listen to me. You're right. But the first person I'm going to get is the lady sitting on the front row and my children. Then I'm coming back to get you. Now, here's the reason. I'm willing to give my life for you, but not theirs. But God, 
said, I will give my son's life for you. Much deeper than I, I mean, it's hard to even fathom that. But I want you to get past what you think. This is all by belief, by faith. We'd gather our kids around. And, you know, we lived in a great house, live in a great house now. And I didn't tell my kids stuff they don't need to know. You don't want to unload on your kids with stuff they can't do anything to fix. It's not their responsibility. But we would just say, hey, we're believing, daddy and mom are believing God for X amount of this because we, we just, we want this, we need this to happen. They don't know why. They don't know that there's even a danger of anything. And, you know, we're not telling them that. Not that there was a danger. But God would do a miracle. And we, the kids would just, and that's what I love about kids. Kids just believe. They don't even have to know. They just, they just believe. They're just like, my kids just look at me, and if I said it, they'd just be, okay, Daddy. We believe. And then that would happen the way that we would declare, the way that we would label it. And then we would gather the kids again, and we would say, look, remember when we prayed? And they would look, and they'd look up at us, and they'd look at each other, and it was almost like they're like, oh. you almost feel like, Dong. today I hope some of you have that light bulb moment that the label gets ripped off, whatever your past is, let, by the authority God has given you, rename what God calls you, change your viewpoint to his, bow your head, close your eyes.